With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Premier League Update. This is Football Social Daily, the only Premier League-focused podcast with the latest news, gossip and opinion on your team seven days a week. I'm Jim. I've got Steve McNaughton in the studio. Hi, Jim. Fergal Brennan. Hello, hello. And Stefan Jackson as well. Oh, yeah. Who's going to come and talk Villa with us in a bit. So on the agenda for today's journey through the top flights, we're going to be talking about wild wolves being reintroduced into Europe, Aston Villa's quest for their very first points of the season on Friday night's game versus Everton, and the ongoing saga with regards to Alexis Paycheck Sanchez. Could he be edging closer to a Manchester United exit? Plus, is there a cunning plan in place for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to replace him despite the transfer window being closed? We'll talk about all that over the course of Football Social Daily, but let's kick off with Wolverhampton Wanderers, who are off to a great start in their two-leg tie against Torino to get themselves a place in the Europa League proper. Amazingly, I saw some fans moaning last night. They won 3-2 and some Wolves fans were moaning that they conceded two goals in that tie, which is a nitpicking a bit, isn't it? That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, to go to Torino and get a 3-2 win is, I think, it's a pretty decent result for them. And yeah. I think they'd happily take that going back to Molyneux. Is it next week, is it? Yeah, yeah. next next week. Um, yeah, I mean, Christ, we've been 3-0 down before. I don't turn yeah. it around. I told you I'd get Liverpool in. Uh, <laughs> How long are we on there? 30 seconds, yeah. 60 seconds? Uh, That's a no, new record. They'll, they'll still be all right. Wolves will still go through in that tie. I mean, you would put them favourites at the moment. Yeah, definitely. That. What was interesting last night, I thought, was this is the first time they've put out their first team mm. in the yep. Europa qualifiers, really. And we had um, Patricio played, Jota played, Jimenez played, Traore played, Dendonka, Cody... I mean, that's going to affect them in the Premier League. They're now going to play their third game in seven days on Sunday against Burnley. And it hasn't had too much of an impact on them so far, these European qualifiers. But surely this is the time it's going to start taking its toll, especially against a physical team like Burnley. Yeah, well, I mean, the manager Nuno Santos reacted to, as you say, the kind of the incline of the competition going up. They're easy, easy pickings with Crusaders and uh, Yerevan in in the first two rounds. Torino's the 
is the is the big one. And, and you know, as you say, fans are, are upset about the the draw. Uh, sorry, the draw, the win. I must say, uh, but that's a reflection of where they are as a club now that they want to be in the group stages they feel they deserve to be in the group stages and Santo reflected that in his in his lineup as you say bringing back some of the big hitters who would play all the Premier League games for them and he wants to, to qualify I think conceding two goals is obviously frustrating they'll be confident as, as Steve said of, of pulling it back in the home leg next week but now they need to learn how to deal with this I mentioned this on the show last week it's going to be Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, mm. Monday for the foreseeable. Mm. Should should they get through the second leg, and that's something that the players, the manager, obviously has to to manage, but also the supporters. We've seen this so many times over the last few years. Supporters are going to have to be patient with this. There's probably going to be a bit of a lull around autumn time in terms of performance when those performances start to catch in the legs for players, and Wolves fans will have to be patient. They won't be maybe as free flowing as they were last season. We're seeing this exciting attacking football. There is going to be a few results that are going to have to be ground out, but if supporters want them to be firing on a European front and on a solid Premier League front, they're going to have to do that. Yeah, I think the big difference for me is that Burnley weren't really equipped to do this. Was it last season in the yep. Europa League? Yeah. They just didn't Very have different the squad to, to do it. Very different. Wolves are far better equipped to handle this. They've got a much better squad and he can rotate a little bit and still have a half-decent first eleven go out as well. Um, I think, like like Fergus just says, I think they'll just they'll, they'll, get, they'll coast through to Lawton quite comfortably and then it'll, a couple of injuries will come and they'll start having to kind of really feel the pain then but no worries at all with Wolves in the Europa League I think they can have a good run at it this season So last week when we were talking about this I was a little bit cynical about it and Wolves going in the Europa League how it distracts from the Premier League how the tired legs could come into it that we talked about but what I didn't consider was how Wolves being in the Europa it's kind of giving other teams hope in the mm. Premier League. Teams like yeah. my team West Ham, like Leicester City, who have won the Premier League, yeah, but now they're looking to the top half of the table. The teams that don't really feel they've got much to play for and feel like they're stuck in that kind of second tier part of the Premier League, it kind of gives them hope that with the right investment and the right recruitment and the right manager, you can reach that next level. You can play in Europe. You can break into the top six, which is a good thing for the league. I think so, yeah. I think Wolves, Wolves are in with a, a real shout and, and the teams around them, like you just mentioned, it, it is an incentive and I think the big, the glaring one that sticks out to me is, is Everton in that, uh, you know, big club, desperate to get back into European competition and regularly compete in Europe. So they'll be looking at the blueprint that Wolves have put together and thinking we, we've got to be kind of, you mm. know, replicating this um, and getting the European Knights back at Goodison. Um, but yeah, I think... Out, out of the three of them, I think it's it's them, Leicester and, and, and Wolves really that are going to compete for them them spots. Yeah, and they've spent a shed load of money to get there. Let's not forget yeah. that. It's not like they've just done it through management and sensible recruitment. They've spent well, a lot well, of money to yeah, get out there. They all, the three of them have mentioned that, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, this is true. I, th- I think the interesting thing with Everton, when you look at that kind of mini league, that race for seventh, the only club that's under pressure from the fan base is actually Everton. I think mm. Wolves fans, you know, obviously we mentioned, you know, moaning about conceding two goals in Turin, but I think in terms of Everton, in terms of their fan base, in terms of the money that they've spent, they've got a view of themselves of where they should be, where mm. they want to be. Whereas despite the fact that Leicester have won the Premier League not too long ago, their fans are very much in kind of, well, we know where we are. We know that that season was an incredible journey for the club, but we know now where we are in the in the kind of pecking order of things. And so do Wolves and so do West Ham and, and other sides that you were throwing in there but the Everton fan base 
don't think like that, mm. particularly because they've got noisy neighbours the other side of Stanley Park. Mm. Hello. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, but that, that is the mentality of they, they want to be in that position. And that's it's going to be interesting how it plays out for Marco Silva and his players yeah. this season because they're going to be under a different kind of pressure than the other sides. It's going to be a case of, well, you should be there due to the money that you've spent yeah. and due to the fact mm. that we are Everton, whereas the others won't. Yeah, they've spent a colossal amount of money in, in the last four or five seasons. And I think, we, I mean, we've talked about it previously on the podcast. And, you know, we, I had a little punt at it and said, you know, Marco Silva might be one of their managers who's under a bit of pressure come November time if results aren't going the way. I think we're going to talk to an Everton fan in a minute when we preview Everton versus Aston Villa, which is the Friday night game. But before we do, Adama Traore got man of the match last night in the Wolverhampton game. And I watched him at Borough and I thought he... He looked decent and he's mm-hmm. absolutely rapid. I think he's yeah. the fastest player in the Premier League at the moment, but he had absolutely no end product when he was at Borough. I, I didn't think, from my opinion, he didn't seem to have the ability to step up into the Premier League. And when Wolves took a punt on him, I was a little bit surprised. He looks like he's developing into an absolutely quality player. A few Cruyff turns last night and he's still got that turn of pace. Well, I think we're seeing the, the effect of, of working under Nuno Santo finally coming to the fore with him. As you say, when he was with Bora or even in the early stages with Wolves, he reminded me of, the, the guy's name escapes me, the character from Mighty Ducks, where he can't oh. stop. That's who he used to remind me of, where you just think, if you punt the ball up to him, he's gone. But is he going to be able to keep the ball in and keep himself in at, at, the, at the byline? But I think Santo has, has moulded him in the sense of he needs to work on the defensive side of his game. He needs to be available for the ball in tighter areas. He can't just be looking for that running behind. But we're slowly starting to see a little bit of a turning of the wheels for him. And, you know, we're talking about a player who went through the Barcelona Academy. He was very, very highly rated in Spain before he came to England. Mm. There is huge amounts of potential in there with Traore, but now we're starting to see that moulded into a Premier League player. If that can develop into consistency, that's a hell of a hell of a surprise package almost to have yeah. within your squad because he might not start every game, he might not even come on against some of the bigger sides, but when you need someone with that incredible pace, as, as Jim said, to stretch a defence with 15, 20 minutes to go, there's few better than him at that. Yeah, super sub. And, you know, good on him. Uh, I've not seen a great deal of him this season, to be fair, but I think it's nice to see that a player's gone away, worked on his craft and starting to develop at a decent pace. So, like I said before, Wolves have got a decent squad and I think when he can kind of pull players like him off the bench to come on and make a difference, it everything seems to be boding well for Wolves at the minute. Yeah. There's nothing but yeah. positivity around Wolves, whichever way you look at it. So, yeah, so good on him. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Sports Social. Let's move on to tonight's game. It's Everton versus Aston Villa, a fixture that's been played more than any other fixture in the English Football League. 203rd encounter this will be. Aston Villa have won one of those. I think, is that right, Stefan? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty even yeah. overall. We've got some catching up to do, though. That's Stefan Jackson. He's going to be our Aston Villa fan for today. He's going to give his view on Villa's chances of getting three points tonight. First, before we get on to discussion about tonight's game, what do we think of this Friday night football? Because I can't get my head around it oh, at not all. I'm a fan of it, to be fair. I just find it a real pain. You forget which Fridays there are a game. You forget which Fridays are off. You, you're trying to organise yourself to be able to watch it. Sometimes you can you can look at the fixture list and go, I'll give that one a miss. You look at something like Villa Everton, you think, oh, no, that's that's worth watching. But it, it just throws 
the whole schedule out of whack in terms of you know the important things organising your weekend <laughs> to have enough time in the pub to watch the football you know it's, it's very very un- inconsiderate I think I think yeah. it's just us being a little bit old isn't it and just <laughs> not, not wanting our uh, our Friday nights disturbed <laughs> so we've got Stefan our Villa fans we need to balance it out with an Everton fan and we've got Tony from the All Together Now Everton podcast on the phone that you can find on Twitter at ATNcast Hi guys you okay? Hi Tony yeah, not Hi, bad. Tony. Yeah. Thanks for coming on mate we'll start with Everton because four points from three games decent start to the season for Marco Silva but at the same time a goalless draw and a 1-0 victory I mean you might have hoped for a little bit more still Everton are struggling to score goals at times they are I think that's been the fundamental problem for, for the past couple of seasons since Romelu Lukaku left the club and they haven't been able to, to replicate that and Dominic Calvert-Lewin's been given the burden of that number nine shirt and it hasn't materialised so Everton's splashed the cash in the summer and they bought Moise Keane from Juventus which we've seen little glimpses of so far this term um, they come on for 15-20 minutes mm-hmm. last week and look really lively um, I think he's going to be a fan's favourite so obviously as the season goes on and he gets more games on his belt I think he will become Everton's number one strike and we fully expect 10 to 15 goals from it he has got the ability we've seen that in the Champions League for Juventus so I think the goals will come from Everton you've got Richarlison chipping in you've got Sigurdsson in there too so the goals will come eventually they've got off to a steady um, start this term um, Everton fans are happy optimistic the defensive record is one of the best in the country um, in terms of keeping clean sheets and all they've conceded one of the few I think the only team in the all four divisions to keep two clean sheets so far in England so it goes to show how well drilled they are under Marco Silva when questions were asked towards the deep end of last season when they were conceding a lot of goals especially from set pieces so he's worked wonders I think the last goal they have conceded at Goodison Park was back in February so it goes to show how well drilled they are under Marco Silva We've got a Liverpool fan, Steve, in the studio is a Liverpool fan. He's, uh, he's shaking his head and biting his tongue <laughs> with, with what you're saying. But before we let him have his say, I want to draw your attention back to something we were talking about just a minute ago on the podcast. We were talking about the pressure that Marco Silva might be under this season because of the money he spent and because of this slight difficulty in scoring goals at the moment. Now, we were pulled up on this on the podcast a couple of days ago. We were talking about this and we had a comment by Shark EFC on our iTunes account and like I say if you want to comment on the show you can get us on Twitter at the Sports Social you can leave us a review on iTunes however you like who said we were way off in terms of A the amount of money that Everton had been spending they hadn't been spending that much and B the pressure that Marco Silva's under to actually get something out of his team this season do you think that the manager is under pressure this season? No, I think he was towards um, in mid-Christmas last year when he had a horrible result. I think they couldn't buy a win from from Christmas up until March. The run was horrendous. Um, in terms of this season, no, I don't think he's under pressure whatsoever. I think if you look at the, the plays he's brought in so far in this in the summer transfer window, I think he's brought six or seven in, 18 have left. He's actually made a profit. Into, and I know it's not just him, Marco Silva, it's Marcel Brands, the, the director of football in the background, but in terms of um, accountability and pressure on the manager, I don't think that's the case. Everton fans are now seeing a type of football, a style of football that they haven't been used to for a long while. We've seen it in glimpses with Roberto Martinez, flashes with David Moyes. We definitely didn't see it under Sam Allardyce. So in terms of... <laughs> 
In terms of going forward, I think this is the best kind of football we've had to witness for a long time. We've seen it last season, towards the back end of last season. We actually annihilated Manchester United, battered Arsenal, beat Chelsea. Obviously, you, your friends in the studio there will be laughing at Liverpool's result, but they probably um, stopped Liverpool from winning the league last season. Oh, behave yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring Stefan, our um, Aston Villa fan, into the conversation here because, Stefan, you're hearing about Everton's fearsome defence. They're not conceding many goals at the moment. They're not scoring many but they're not conceding many at the moment Villa you're making chances yeah, we just need to put but you just away. can't get them in the back of the net at the moment do you think tonight's the night you're going to get off the mark in the Premier League I think we could probably snatch a point and I think we'd be happy with that looking at the fixtures you're looking at building some points up at home and wins I think if you get trying to get 10 wins and then pick up the odd point here and there to stay in the league then we look at Everton at home and think, right, that's a point, if you're being honest with yourself. I think a few Villa fans probably got carried away going into the season, mm. party atmosphere. I think a win would be a great result, but I think our goals are probably coming from midfield in the next few games until uh, our main man sort of establishes himself in the league. Well, it's, yeah, he's, Wesley's never played before in the league. He's come from, what's it, the Belgium League? Yeah. That he yeah. got FC signed Bruce. from, which is a very different situation to playing in the Premier League. But we did the same with Benteke. We brought him over and he was pretty good to start with for us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things I look at Villa and say is he spent a lot of money in the summer. And I thought Villa, out of the three promoted clubs, I thought Villa would be the one that yeah. established themselves quickly in the Premier League. It doesn't seem to have been the case. And we're only two games in, so it's very difficult to say how that season's going to pan out. But have by bringing so many players in, and it wasn't really a choice for Villa, you needed to bring mm-hmm. bodies in, because I think you had, what, 11 professional players on the books by the end of last yeah. season or something along those lines. Have you disrupted that momentum that maybe the Premier League clubs sometimes have? when they come out. they When a Premier League club, club comes up, they're off the back of a championship winning or playoff winning season. So by bringing on these new players in, has it somewhat disrupted that? I'm not, I'm not so sure. I think the core of the team is essentially the same team. And some of the players that have come in were already on loan with us anyway. So, you know, we know them. And I think he's peppered the side with some like exciting young talent. And we've got rid of older people, sort of journeymen who have come into the end of their career. And I think if you look at the core of the team, it's essentially the same. The midfield is pretty strong. Mm. It's still Grealish and McGinn. They're going to start every game that they're fit. And then holding midfielder, the way we got rid of two older players and brought in some exciting new fresh talent to accentuate that team. Tony, you heard Stefan saying there a draw would be a good result for Aston Villa. A win would be enough to take Everton top of the Premier League table, if only for a few hours. How do you see the game going tonight? Um, I've watched Villa a couple of times this in the games that I've seen this season and I do think they, they look quite lightweight in midfield. I know you just spoke about McGinn and Grealish, but I think the types of midfield that Everton have got, you've got Morgan Schneider in there, you've got Gilson Sigurdsson can, can drop deep, you've got Andre Gomez. I just think more experience in that Premier League is critical in games like this. And I think Everton's midfield will overpower Aston Villa's. I looked at the stats in Villa and they got 40 shots based on their goals so far this season. That's just in the two games. That's that's ridiculous. That shouldn't be happening. Um, Conceded five goals already. That's the second highest in the Premier League. And it's, it's got all the makings if you're not scoring that many. I know we've scored one in each game, but if you're doing that, you're always reliable. If you're facing 40 shots on your goal in two games, then 
that is something I think Everton can actually fill their boots. If they, I think that the moment will be in the first 15, 20 minutes if Everton can try and quieten the crowd down because Villa are going to fly Everton. We know that's going to be the case. Villa with obviously two defeats under their, under their two games so far. They're going to fly Everton. The atmosphere will be fantastic. And if Everton, they'll have the Morgan Snyder under the wheel, just keeping the, keeping the ball, keeping it ticking over and, and just take the thing out of the game. I think that's important for the first 15, 20 minutes. And we know the way Marco Silva wants to play that counter-attack on football. And I think we've seen it last week with one ball over the top and from Luca Dean and Bernard scored. And I think that's the way Everton have got to go forward this season. So I fully expect Villa to have large parts of the game, but Everton to just sucker them into a couple of counter-attacks and hit them on the break. Tony, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate that. That's Tony from All Together Now, the Everton podcast. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, mate. No problem. Thanks, Tony. Right, let's talk about Manchester United and the ongoing saga of Alexis Sanchez to wrap this up. Obviously, we think the transfer window is closed. In Europe, the transfer window is far from closed. It's another bright idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Spanish, Italian (laughs) clubs can come in and take players from the Premier League, which in some cases could be a bad thing. In the case of Manchester United, it could be a good thing because it could provide them an option to unloading Alexis Sanchez from the wage bill. Now, ESPN are reporting that Inter Milan are still interested in Alexis Sanchez. There were reports yesterday that it could be a loan deal, which kind of, for some Manchester United fans, were, well, why would we send him out on loan when we're a little bit short of striking options? You keep him at the club anyway. The latest news is that Manchester United will still have to pay 12 million quid towards Alexis Sanchez's wages if he were to go on loan. Surely that negates any benefits in that deal whatsoever, doesn't it? I think in terms of the the Sanchez deal, I don't necessarily know how much of a role Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will have in this from a, from a, how much he'll play this season point of view. I think this will firmly be decided by the money men at Old Trafford in terms of whether they think it's financially viable, if they can get, as you say, some sort of deal where maybe they pay 50% of the wages, if they can convince a club to pay 50% or, or, or work something out. Um, in terms of Inter Milan, I think in terms of... The, what They're just like suckers for punishment in terms of United forwards. Like, yeah. Have they got some sort of deal going with United? Is there something that we don't know about some sort of WhatsApp group set up between United strikers of, <laughs> you know the weather's lovely in Milan the food's great get yourself over here quick as you can yeah. um, I think in terms of Sanchez it's such a strange move and, and obviously from an Arsenal point of view when he played for, for Arsenal he was fantastic he, yeah. he, he dragged Arsenal through games and you know naturally uh, uh, any Arsenal fan was upset and frustrated to see him leave and particularly head up to Old Trafford but What's happened to him is, you know, everyone has jokes about this, but it genuinely looks that halfway up the motorway, he forgot how to play football or he was deactivated or or something happened to him. Because I struggle to think of a player who had such a reputation and such a high level of performance that's gone downhill so rapidly. I mean, the obvious answer is it's pressure. But at the same time, surely he felt <clears throat> pressure at Arsenal. He surely did. he felt pressure at Barcelona before that. It's not like it was his first big club. I think he actually felt more pressure at Arsenal because we're talking about an Arsenal team that he played in that was far from the previous Arsenal team that was really, really struggling to, to get into the top four and maintain its place in the top four. And he was the talisman. And he was expected to score the goals in the games against Liverpool, Tottenham, United when Arsenal played mm-hmm. them. And, you know, and consistently he did produce that. So I get the fact that he would be feeling pressure at United, but... I think the only pressure he potentially feels at United because it's constantly brought up is that wage packet that he's on it's it's constantly used as a bit of a stick to beat him with Mm -hmm. it's constantly used by United fans saying oh we didn't get this player because they've heard what wages Sanchez are on you're like well no you didn't get them because they didn't want to go but you know (laughs) we'll we'll leave that for another podcast And, and I think that's the situation with Sanchez I think he's Obviously, he struggled at United. They've had a lot of managerial upheaval. There's been a lot of changes. And he's he struggled with injuries and he struggled to find his place in the squad. But also, I think, and this is what makes the Inter Milan move 
even stranger. He really doesn't seem to, to gel well with, with Romelu Lukaku. And I think if he was to go to Inter Milan, Lukaku's already there. Lukaku's going to be the main man striking-wise for them this season. Mauro Cardi's probably going probably gonna to head off from the club. Mm. I just see this as, as another backward step for, for Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, definitely. I think... He's a player who's who's not applied himself correctly since he's arrived in the northwest. The thing, I mean, I'm just looking at his stats here because there's a, I don't know him off the top of my head, but in terms of the return United have had for that level of investment that he put in, is I think is it three is, goals he's got. Yeah, he's yeah. got he got three goals in the Premier League last. Sorry, one goal in the Premier League last season, twenty matches, and uh, two the season before, and um, no goals in the Champions League either. Uh, I just think they need rid of him. They need yeah. him off the books. It's going to cost them a fortune to get him off the books yeah. as well. There's no doubt about that. And I think clubs will be suckers for punishment and they will come in and take him yeah, off yeah. United's hands when the deal's structured in yeah. that way. Well, that £12 million fee or that £12 million subsidy to his wages, I mean, my fag packet maths makes that his entire wage bill for the remainder of the season. Yeah. I think it's £6 million to yeah. Christmas, so that makes sense that it'd be £12 million, which seems like a weird deal for United. But yeah. for the sake of the club and the sake of the player, maybe that's it. Maybe it's clean slate time. New challenge, turnover. I, I think they, they've got to learn the lesson from Alexis Sanchez because United, unfortunately, were the ones who, who started the ball rolling with mm-hmm. these just ridiculous. Uh, I mean, footballers get a lot of money yeah. anyway, but when you're kind of knocking the half million pound that a week salaries, that was the kickstart mm-hmm. for it all. And then you've got players earning 350 a week yeah. and 400 but a week. Genie's out the bottle there now. Yeah, yeah. it's you know, so I think United are probably need that off their wage bill so you've yep. not got players knocking on the manager's door and saying well this guy who's not even delivering mm. or turning up or hasn't got the attitude he's, he's earning half X, mo- yeah. he's earned next amount of money so where if they can get a wage structure back and maybe a ceiling back in it like, like a lot of clubs do have uh, that might be better financially for United which yep. is a club that is all about that balance sheet isn't it at the end of the day some yeah, really absolutely. interesting rumours coming out of Gazzetta dello Sport the ever reliable Gazzetta dello Sport in Italy about a potential replacement for Sanchez as well Windows closed obviously you can still take advantage of free transfers yeah. mm-hmm. and Fernando Lorente is a free transfer that apparently is interesting Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and my first reaction was <laughs> what what yeah. is going on <laughs> second reaction was hang on that kind of makes a little bit of mm-hmm. sense yeah, yeah. a different option for United a big man and despite the fact he didn't really impress at Tottenham last season 15 goals in the Premier League the season before playing with Swansea City there's a bit of pedigree there and he would kind of fit well as a plan B for Manchester United well you're right and it's a bit of a bolt from the blue in terms of obviously we're all of the mindset of transfer windows closed that's it there's not going to be any more moves but someone like Lorente we saw with Tottenham last year Obviously, the, the Champions League goal that he scored against Manchester City to dump them out. But even just in his all-round performance, he does offer that. You know, people are very quick to poo-poo the idea of, I think, 34, 35-year-old yep. striker coming into coming into Manchester United. But what he offers is exactly what Solskjaer was trying to get from Lukaku last season and wasn't getting. He offers a physical presence through the middle. He offers someone that, when you've got a United side with the likes of Luke Shaw and Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who are going to be swinging crosses in, he offers a genuine target man that's going to occupy defenders he's going to look to go to the to the front post he's going to look to drop to the back post and draw a full back in and win headers you've got midfielders that are going to flood the box the likes of Lingard Pogba Martial yeah. Rashford around him and I just think you know I, I always try and avoid cliches on the podcast but I just think he falls clean into that good solid mm. pro he's had a really really good career without maybe setting the world to light he was very solid in Spain he had a spell with Juventus he's come to the Premier League done relatively well um, and I just think he's not going to come in as this 
big name signing for Manchester United. Of course, you know. Of course, sorry, you're not going to be hearing United yeah, fans he, chatting he, about he's it. Not but he's, but he's, yeah. but he's, but he's, but he's an actual solid option. It, it almost reminds me of when they brought Larson in a few seasons ago with someone that has a lot of experience. There's a lot of young players in that United attack. He's someone that they can learn from. They're not going to learn from Lukaku. He's not an example of a player, or even Sanchez is not an example of a player that you want True. the likes of Rashford looking at. Fernando Llorente does fall into that box and he, and he will get a few goals because there'll be times this season where United will have a massed defence against them mm. and he's someone that can you know he can knock over the bowling pins he's very good in the air he's got good hold up play and Tottenham loved him I think it was more that Daniel Levy told Pochettino we're not offering a, not offering a contract yeah. to him rather than Pochettino saying you know see you later Llorente I, th- I think that was that was more governed by, by Levy so if United can get a good deal for him in terms of contract, if they don't have to pay him an excessive amount of money, then I think he'd be a fantastic option. Yeah, definitely. I think he's... A, he's. A, I mean, you've covered it perfectly, you know, in, in, in summarising it there. But I think from from a defender's point of view, I think if you're kind of in a really tight game, you're 77 minutes in and you see Fernando Llorente coming off the, coming off the bench, yeah. you're going to think we're in for a really difficult yeah. end to this game because he does put himself about a bit. He's got. He's technically, he's very sound. Mm. And, and like you say, he knows where the onion bag is. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, no brain. It's one of them deals, no brain. It's just like Andy Lonergan to us. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much for joining us on the Football Social. That's Fergal Brennan, Steve McNaughton Cheers, guys. and Thank Stephen you. Jackson Cheers. as well talking about today's football we'll be back tomorrow with the weekend preview we'll be looking at all the Premier League games make sure you click subscribe so you get that episode as soon as it's ready we'll see you next time on Football Social Daily Football Social Daily Premier League updates I love my club every match the manager every player who's pulled on the shirt don't just talk to me about football talk to me about my one and only I love my club but I don't love them up the road. Listen to daily smart speaker updates for your Premier League team and your team only with Sports Social. Get closer to the club you love. Ignore the ones you don't. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social and choose your team. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus